have a Nigerian lady who knows someone that knows someone, and that person is a friend of another. In Nigeria, everybody knows somebody. Memoir of a Nigerian My diary, my friend's discussion, my acquaintance's conversation, all on this table. Follow me, and let's talk. Hello and welcome to another episode of Memoir of a Niger Girl. My name is Helen. I'm going to tell you the reason why we do not have a YouTube video this week. So apologies and should I even say apologies? I don't think I should say apologies because you're going to, you might be sorry for us. Yes, I said horse because this happened to myself and my friend Bimisola. Where in Nigeria is safe? I'm asking, is your place safe? Do you think your house is safe? Oh, okay, I have a lot of money. I want to go to the hotel. Do you know what happened at Pavilion Hotel Ayekbe? They literally planted cameras in the rooms. What's up? Bemi, tell me. What do you think about that, that situation? Like, you can't even go to a hotel room to relax or anything. Like, you're even scared to be naked in an hotel room because you don't know if there's camera somewhere. And then you are out there after leaving the hotel. Then suddenly you see your nude on internet. Like, and how I, come? How did this happen? I don't even think it's the nude factor. I think it's, it's the fact that they are trying... They might, you know, like if you have something you don't want other people to see it it's not about the news it's about the information they gathered because it might be in your room and call someone important conversation they are literally head dropping on when you're and then someone trying to blackmail you with those informations exactly. like you didn't even know how they came up with the information but someone somewhere has something you don't want out there and then somebody is threatening you that if you don't pay us this if you don't do this for us this information will get out there blackmail I think the, the fact is that these people literally know that, okay, you're coming to the hotel for business transaction because me, I will not stay in Ayekwe Hotel, for example. Exactly. If I don't have something to do in Ayekwe, then why am I in Ayekwe? Of course, I don't have a house in Ayekwe. That's why I want to rent an hotel in Ayekwe. So, considering now what happened to us a few days ago, um, we had a situation in the apartment, and I'm still traumatized, and I can't even... I can't even process it. And my mood, my mood right now is this. Seriously? Like, seriously? Maybe, me, I can't, I'm not even in the right place to explain. So I need you to explain what happened. Like, we were sleeping in the house, a house that is fenced and gated. Like, this, this street is literally secured. It's not just like any our place there is a fence in the old building all the houses in the street has fence and gates then suddenly around let's say 3:30 to 3:35 i was hearing strange sound and then you know when you are asleep and then some something suddenly wakes you like you don't even know that thing that woke you up then standing up i saw someone at the window then this person suddenly ran from the window to the back of the house mm. then i just stood up i'm like what is this person doing around this time like middle of the night who is this person walking around the compound it's so unusual then getting to the window part i saw that the window that i locked is open the curtain is open then i looked for that i saw that someone already cut the, the net. net not just cut the net literally also opened the window, the window because the, the window was locked that's like those sliding windows that we have. The window was locked. The um, curtain. curtain was down. So the person literally cut the net from outside, opened the slides, then opened the um, window itself. 
then dragged my handbag all the way from inside. You need to see the distance the bag was from the windows. I was even surprised with what the person used to drag the bag all the way outside. You know. Then I was seeing the bag outside the window. Then, of course, I saw this person. The person ran away, but I could not see a face. Right, you saw the bag. You don't know. You, you don't even have a, an idea what this of person who looks like. This person is, or what the person is holding or right. we could not even open the door because we we're just two females in the house and we were scared that what if this person is still around in the compound right well what would happen if we opened the door and then this person suddenly comes into the house so let me explain what my mood yeah because when you when you called me my mood was ah baby it's not 6 a.m now don't don't disturb me and this one said helen come out come out and i was like it's not 6 a.m he said then I said, okay, I'm coming. I had to wear my nightie and I came out. She said, eh, uh, come and see, come and see. And I still, I tell you, that this is why this video, this uh, audio is important. Again, my high face tone. I, I just, I couldn't process it. The, the, the doors were locked. The windows were locked. So what is this? What is happening? The busting part, the one where they bust my head parts, has to be when you went to the bank. Let's even get to the old situation of even realizing when we came outside, knowing that, okay, in the bag, the small phone in the bag is already missing. Because we could not open the door at that time, then we had to wait till something around past six when everywhere was already bright so that in case of anything, we already called to the neighbors to make them aware that somebody is in the compound cutting windows and all of that so they should be careful and not sleep so then early in the morning we had to come out to check the bag because we were still calling the small phone it was ringing so our mind was as if okay probably the person because the person saw that i saw him ran away and was scared and left the old bag because the bag was still outside the window on getting to where the bag was we realized that my small phone was already missing and that's the phone that i attached to my account number where i get a lot and i use for transactions so when we realized that that already happened we had to get to the bank as early as possible to block the whole account, change the number on the account so that right. this person cannot perform any transaction of trying to steal the money in the account. Then on getting to the bank, I realized that 220 was already missing, 220,000 was already missing in this account. Hmm. So then I approached the customer care person. It was even the old unchallenged attitude that, that still pissing me off to you now. The person was just like, okay, we will block the account, mm. fine. Then I asked for the transaction. I told the customer care person the last transaction I did, which was on the first. This issue happened on the second. Then I, I asked for the statement of account of everything that occurred after that first that I did the last transaction on my account. Then I saw this person has already transferred, that same morning, 50,000 twice to a same GTBank account which I got the name Aliu Fatimo and your last something. Then this person literally played best Ninja 2020,000 in five places. That's 100,000. Like 100,000 for best Ninja. Then this person used 20,000 Naira to buy a recharge card into about five different numbers and different networks. Baby, let me cut you short. You know, when you went to the telecommunication company, that's the Globalcom, and you went to GTB Bank. Was that your expectation? Where did you really expect? Did you really thought that okay, there's gonna be some sort of hope? Did you ha did you have hope in them? 
I was thinking my bank should be able to do something because me, the owner of the account, is saying I didn't authorize this transaction. So obviously it's a fraud. Someone stole my phone. Someone literally broke into my house to steal my phone and then do these transactions. So I didn't expect the bank to be telling me there is literally like because the way the person was saying it, it was as if there was nothing. Then in the next 90 days, which is equivalent to three months, three months. What if I don't even have any other money to survive on? How can my bank not guarantee me that? Okay, we are working on this immediately and we'll get back to you on what is. I was even asking the customer care person, okay, this 100k is in this GT bank account. Why not place it on Lien? Hmm. Why the investigation is going on? Lien means you put the account on hold. Like the person cannot withdraw Draw, the money yeah. pending the time the investigation is going on. So that why, even if the person feels that, okay, I'm the owner of this money, let the person come to the bank and justify how the transfer occurred. Right. Then the customer care person telling me that there is nothing, they, that they don't have the authority to do that. I'm like, but I'm the owner of this account and I'm telling you I didn't make this transfer. So how can you tell me? Fine, if I'm going to lose the money the person used for Bet Niger for the recharge card, that's still like, I can even still manage that a little, that there's still hope that, okay, this is a GT bank to GT bank transaction. You know when something has gotten to your neck and you were like, okay, even if I'm going to lose 120, at least this 100k that I'm still seeing inside this account. Let me share. Let me freeze it there now. And then when you investigate, hmm. I know that my 100,000 is short because you're telling me that after 90 days, what if this person did not even have 100k in their account again? So we we have um, Akinpelu Ibrahim, who is your friend, and uh, he talked. He, he talked to you out on, on um, a way to get this thing sorted because in his experience, he also had the same issue. We're going to call him now, and uh, we're going to get all the information from him on what to do when this kind of problem uh, comes to you because. The way he's looking now, he's going to come to everybody. everybody. Because nowhere is safe. There's no assurance that you are even saving your own house. Nowhere is safe. We call Akinpelu Ibrahim right now. Ah, welcome, uh, Akinpelu Ibrahim. Hello. Hello. Yes, Akinpelu Ibrahim. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm fine. How so, are you? I'm fine. Baby is here and she told me that you had the same experience as hers, that, like we had. So tell me, what did you do when that happened to you? What did you do when these guys broke into your house? Well, it happened in the midnight and I was I was asleep and I I usually I stay awake every night to do some work, but on that very day I was asleep. So I woke up and I discovered that my window had been caught, the net outside had been caught, and all my devices, my laptop, my my phone, and I I, I even thought my backup hard drive was stolen, but I later found it. So I woke up, it was terrifying. I just I woke up knowing that my devices have been lost devices I've had for four years hmm. and I I just I, I just I just couldn't I couldn't I couldn't control myself. I was I was I was go I was I was about to lose my mind when my my friend my friends walked in and they they started asking me what happened. So I in fact <laughs> I was just I was just running around. I was just running around. Maybe I could find it see because I'm a very I'm not a very deep sleeper and mm-hmm. i i'm always awake so it was very shocking though mm-hmm. i i i i experienced the same thing i almost had the the same experience 
sometimes last year, but I was awake when the the burglar came. Mm. So he saw that I was awake and then he ran away. So wow. uh, immediately it happened. Uh, it was in the midnight around um, 2.30. I woke up 2.35 a.m. And then uh, I I called. I first, first thing first, I called my parents. I told them about it. And then I I decided that I was going to go to the the the, the yes, MTN office mm-hmm. as early as possible. So I knew that I had a password on my on both my devices. Right. But uh what I didn't what I should have done was to put a password on my on my SIM card, hmm. which is what a lot of Nigerians don't take very seriously. So I I slept I slept back and I woke up as early as I woke up around six AM I guess and then I went straight to the network provider. Yeah. But before then I had I had a tracking application on on, on both my devices. Hmm. So uh, I mean for, for somebody who has been um one people always come to to ask about things like this you know tracking your devices and all that so it, I, 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 it was not it was not surprising that I had okay. tracking applications on my on my devices so I, I kept searching for the location of the phone I couldn't one thing I, I have learned from the experience is that these people are very smart hmm. One of the days when thieves will come to your house and then they'll um, just switch off your phone or they'll do, they'll, you know, these days they go as far as dismantling the phone mm. so you cannot track it. Mm. And so then what? some even sell the phone. I assume, as I as, sorry, I assume that that would, that would, that would even be good Great. because when we called this guy, he picked the call and he said, hello, how are you? He still had the phone. It's the audacity <laughs> for us actually. So he, he said, hello, how are you? So I want to believe that because it was a small phone, yeah. he was aware that we can't track that phone. Maybe. So, and continue please. So I got to the MTN office and I... I, I made a long queue. Hmm. Usual because hmm. at the middle of Hello Akin Pelu. Okay, you know the Nigerian factor always comes to play. So we're not surprised at all. We're gonna call him back. So when you got to MTN office, what did they say? They they asked me for the for the sim pack which i left in lagos because the incident happened in ocean states hmm. so they asked me for the sim pack which i don't even have so at that point i was calling my phone number and it was still switched off so i kept calling in fact i left it on on the redialing mode mode so it was kept calling it and calling i kept calling in every second so I I got to I got to the MTN office and then they asked me to go and get uh, affidavits from the court. Hmm. So they asked me to to go and get affidavits. That if I don't have the affidavits, that I cannot um, change or block the SIM card. So it was very terrifying because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I expected them to to ask me something 
about the SIM card, you know, something some personal information that I would easily provide. Mm -hmm. So they could block the SIM card. However, they, they, they refused. They told me to, to go to the to the court and get David. So I went to the court, I paid some money, so I got the affidavit and then just uh just as I was about to to leave the, the court, I saw I, I, I called the line and it was reachable. Oh, oh. And, and it ran for like it ran for like a minute and then I called again and the line was off. It was it was uh the the line was forwarded, the call was forwarded. So meaning that the person was a very smart thief, so he he forwarded the call to mm. another line. So, which provides him enough time and no disturbance to to do whatever, to, he to do whatever to do. I want to do with the SIM card. So, I, I I kept calling. At that point, I knew something was wrong and it was going to do something funny. So, I went straight to the to the uh, ATM card, um, to the ATM point. So, I checked my account balance, but I didn't smell any foul play because I thought maybe it was uh, maybe I I spent more. Than enough. I mean, I spent more money during the weekend. So I went back to the MTN office and I, I made a long queue. I didn't mind the queue. In fact, I caused the scene and I, I, the security heard my voice and he came out. So I told them they can go to hell. I need to change. I need to block my SIM. So I presented the affidavit and I got my SIM card blocked. Mm. So uh, it was until afternoon. So by this, this, when I got my SIM card, when I got my SIM blocked, it was around 8 a.m. in the morning or 9 a.m. So before I was attended to, it was until 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Did this guy so, steal anything from your account? Hello? Did this person take anything from your account? Yes, I'm coming to that. So I, I, I wanted to retrieve my line. And when I, after filling in all the details, I got my retrieved SIM card, and then the operator there told me that. He asked me what the amount of uh, year time I recharged the last time. I told, I told that 200 naira. I said, no, it's 15,000 naira. How? How possible? Wow. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> apparently, the, the, the thief um, tried to, to send some money out of my of my account you couldn't do that because i have i have i have my password and the pin and everything and since they didn't have access to my atm card you couldn't change the the pin hmm. because all you need to change the pin on someone's uh bank account is the last six digits on their on their atm card and the cvv and the and the otp the otp that will be sent to the to the phone number. So I think this is is this it's it's so it's that porous. The Nigerian banks are very are very irresponsible. So I I, I, I got the news that the, the person has has recharged my line with fifteen thousand naira. So I was looking for somebody to transfer the airtime. There are so many SMEs online they buy airtime at uh, cashback rate of seventy yeah. percent. So he knew what he was doing, but unfortunately for him, I still had password on my need uh, to you transfer airtime. So oh. uh, if I didn't have a password, he could have used the zero 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 
default pin code. and then change it and yeah exactly so and then change it to to his desired code and you know keep recharging my lines since they can't read but having all hello hello okay. i'm listening so i i i i got the news that my my phone has been recharged with fifteen thousand naira, and uh the person couldn't withdraw or send out the money before i blocked the team in the morning so um um i got i got to i i, I have to tell i went to the bank yes i went to the bank and they told me there's nothing they can do about it hmm. they said since the transaction was initiated from my sim card you know, this is when you hear them approach, they would issue a chargeback yeah. to the to the to the Can't. recipient account or right. something. But Nigerian banks are very responsible. All the notes are to do is take your money, take your bank charges, charges, take your quarterly card charges and all that. So, so you you in fact you would advise that hello? we hello, I can hear you. So you would advise that we have okay. um codes on our phones on our sim cards the most, and the most uh, important thing that uh the most important thing that i think every nigerian should do is to have a sim pin hmm. what did you call it is to have a sim a sim pin oh okay yes, your sim card pin your sim card pin is a four digit four to six digit code that you set yourself so you the default code for MTN is 50000000. You know. So you can um, Google the, the, the default pin for other networks. But if it happens that you try to change to set your pin hmm. and then you, you put in the uh, five, five zeros and you say the incorrect pin, then hmm. you might need to get your, your PUK number on your SIM pack. For you to, to set your code because if you continue attempting to, to change your SIM card, your the network will will permanently lock lock your SIM until you you get you get it right you get the PUK number. So why? Because that is exactly what will happen if somebody is trying to access your SIM card without your your permission. So that is it. So if if you try to set your pin code you input the five zeros for MTN line or you input the default pin for the for other line and doesn't work and tell the incorrect pin incorrect pin the second time three attempts. Hmm. Once you see the unsuccessful the two the first two unsuccessful attempts just get your SIM card and have your PUK number. I'm talking from experience because right. That's why um, we called you, I'm actually. That's why we everybody. called you. Because you are experienced in this field. <laughs> That's why we called you. Yes. Yeah. Because, you see, uh, what I know, thing, this SIM card, SIM card thing could have saved me all the trouble. Hmm. Could have saved me all the trouble. Because as soon as the person tried, the person removed the, the, my SIM card from my phone and put it in another phone, my thing is going to require... Okay. A, 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 a pin code and if you cannot provide it or if you try to put to in a random it. pin right. the first time, the second time, the third time and the thing will be permanently locked. Hmm. So, 
become useless to him. So last question, um, last question, Ibrahim. Do you feel safe in this country? Do you feel safe? Do you, you are not in Lagos. You are at Ocean State, right? Do you feel safe? Yes. I don't. I don't feel safe in this country at mm. all. I don't feel safe. In fact, I I've been having PTSD from the experience. Like before, before now, when I sleep, I wake up several times in the midnight. Uh, uh, there was a time my my I, I when I went home for the holiday for the festive period, I, my my mom wanted to wake me up in the morning and she, she knocked on the door and I was so so scared. My heart was beating. I had panic attack that morning. It was the week I arrived to after the incident. So I I don't feel safe in this country because people can get away with a lot of things. Mm. One one of my friends that went to he went he went I think he used it. Uh, he used an ATM card in one of the shady POS or maybe it was a supermarket or somewhere and then the 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 the, the person or the whoever did whoever did the withdrawal actually um, bought something from international deal. Um one to go. Yeah. Do you feel safe in Nigeria? No, no, I don't feel safe in this country at all. In fact, uh, if I had the chance, I would, I would relocate abroad because Nigerian, the Nigerian police is corrupt. The banks are irresponsible. The government is just, just terrible. I don't, I don't feel safe in this country at all. Uh, the sales representatives, when you go to buy stuff at the supermarket and everything, sometimes I feel like they take pictures of um, our cards. How true is that? Yeah, it, it's very true. It's very true. One time I read on, on Instagram about my friend's experience. He never used his card anywhere uh, except for the supermarket. And one time he... He, after after getting home from the supermarket, he found out that his, uh, his account has been debited to the sum of about three hundred and fifty thousand naira. I think. Wow! And he, he saw that it was, a, it was an international transaction, and uh, it has come to my knowledge that a lot of international payment merchants don't even ask for your OTP before the authorized card transactions. They just go ahead and just make these debits without even asking for your OTP. So, uh, since then, he advised everybody to scratch off their CVV at the back of their, of their ATM card because your card number, which is, which is a 10 or 11 digit code at the front of your card, your card number, and the three digit code at the back of your card, which is a CVV, are the two things that, the, that anybody needs make any uh, payment on international payment on 2D authorized international payment. The 3D authorized ones are those that have for your OTP. OTP. So that was what happened. So since then I trashed off all my CVVs on my card and uh, I feel safe. But you have to know them by heart, right? But you have to know the, you have to know the CVV by heart, right? Yes, you have to know them or you write them somewhere or you have them saved digitally somewhere. I don't know. So last I... question, last question, and this yes. this is for you and for me and for myself. Yeah, 
The Rabba State Governor said that everybody should be allowed to carry AK-47 since the governments, uh, you know, they can't promise us absolute safety. safety. So, would you be, would you feel safe if you had um, AK-47 by your bedside? Well, uh, I, I, I will feel safe, hmm. but um, statistics have shown that having not having a gun is safer than having a gun. Hmm. So, in my opinion, I think uh, the government should be responsible for the citizen security, and um, the armed forces should only be legalized to have a gun. Hmm. But if I have to protect myself, there are other things I can used to protect myself. They are they are stone guns, they are uh pepper spray, mm. they they the cutlass. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> what if you even can you yes. even use a yeah, gun while you are asleep? After the first the first occurrence, yeah, something like this happened to him. In fact, even they walked in on them. They were they were they were playing video games and they walked in on them. And then he had a cutlass. Mm. Put the cutlass put beside his bedroom. So Mm-hmm. Like so anytime he, 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 he hears anything strange, noise, so somebody trying to break into his, his room, he just grabs the cutlass. So he's now a game of, either <laughs> kill me or I kill you. <laughs> oh, I thought Bessie will die this time. Ah, but then even if, even if, he, he, I mean, he said that okay, people should be uh, guns should be legalized. If you even if it's legalized, gun, sure you want to cock the gun. Gun, why you asleep and then mistakenly shoot yourself on the head or something? Because I don't get it. Even if it's cutlass, guy, before you go carry cutlass, you go first tag. Do you even know the person that you want to use cutlass on as a gun? Ha, hello. Which guy? <laughs> which guy will be this like this? So, uh, thank you very much, Ibrahim. Thank you. Uh, by the way. By the way, he's like, I didn't really introduce Ibrahim very well. Ibrahim is an IT guru, IT guru, and he's a freelancer at Fiverr. <laughs> so he's not just somebody that is just coming here to blab. He knows what he's saying. You get it? Thank you very much. <laughs> so that is it on today's episode of Memoir of a Nigerian Girl. Before I go, baby, sorry. You know, my you know, it's totally not your fault. But I feel guilty somehow. You know, I, I try not to say that I feel guilty, but somehow you were such a good friend. You are, you're still a good friend. I don't want to say you were, but you're still a nice person. So you're such a good friend, and you came to stay with me, guys. I've been battling with malaria. In, in fact, I thought I had COVID. You know, she by even did a test. I did a test. But you know, thank goodness it was negative. You know what I'm saying? It was just malaria. But you know, and I had some allergy. So thank you very much, baby. My worry. I'll buy if I have money, I'll buy something for you. Twenty and twenty thousand. It's good that we police that for you. Pay me. So that is it. Um, okay, we have a good news. We actually have an Insta account now. I opened a few days ago. It's a memoir of an Nigerian girl. Follow it. And on YouTube, we don't have anything. Apologies once again. But please, we have all the videos there. Go watch it now. Thank you. Thank you. Baby. Thank you very much, everyone. Baby Salah sells the best chips in Nigeria. Stomach matters. Go and follow that one too. On Instagram. Chips are all mad. I'm sure no salary me too. <laughs> I am a Nigerian lady who knows someone that knows someone and that person is a friend of another. In Nigeria, 
Everybody knows somebody. Memoir of an Ajagar. My diary, my friend's discussion, my acquaintance's conversation, all on this table. Follow me and let's talk. Thank you.